Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Skinner and the Sabres get a power play goal to take a 1-0 lead. Working the left wall. Tuck slides it across. Far side scores! What a shot! Jeff Skinner parked over that far side of the ice made no mistake at all. The Sabres power play going two for two here in this period. They lead it 2-0. Quinn touch back for Paterka back to Quinn across the Montreal line with a shot. Scores! What a shot by 22! Tuck will stay with it in the corner. Sends it behind the net. Nice walk out in the backhand. Scores! Jeff Skinner and Tage Thompson both combined to get it to the front of the net. That is empty for Montreal. The puck's in the back of that one. Rasmus Dahlin fired it down the ice. It's a two-on-one. Thompson takes the pass. Scores! Tage Thompson from Jeff Skinner again here tonight. And say Happy New Year with Devin Levi picking up a win in his first start in his hometown as he's met by Jordan Greenway and the rest of his teammates. 6-1 your final score. Win for the Sabres last night in Montreal. A win for Yuri Kulik in Czechia today in the bronze medal game at the World Juniors. USA Sweden is coming up. And Marty, I have to ask, was that, in fact, the longest empty net goal of Rasmus Dahlin's career? I think it was. And look, it was 183 feet, uh, surpassing his earlier 178 footer against the Colorado Avalanche, which of nice. course was three times the length of his empty netter versus Arizona. So there you go. Mindless facts to start on a Friday here on Sabres well, Live. I said 192 yesterday because when I looked at the ice, it's 200 feet long. It's yeah. got about 10 feet behind each net. So it's 180 from goal line to goal line. And I felt like he was angled enough that maybe it added a few more feet. That's why it's 183. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's a long empty netter from one corner all the way in a couple of bounces to the inside left post uh not too bad for Rasmus Dahlin and I love that like number one you know I I hate when people say oh which happened yesterday by the way in the American games against the Finns where with 10 seconds left and 10 feet from the red line the one American player iced the puck I'm thinking oh you don't want to ice the puck here you want to get the red line. But when you're in the corner and you have full possession of the puck and you can just try to take a shot at the net, absolutely do it and ice the game there. And Darlene did it yesterday, although they were up by a couple yes. at that point. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, that seems to have been kind of the tale for him when he's got the empty netters this year. They have been in enlarged victories, so yes. to speak. So difference. Uh, well, it's a good take. I mean, it allows him to vault once again back into the defenseman scoring lead, goal scoring lead in the NHL as he has 11. Um, there's a fair amount to get to from last night. But I think we need to do a little uh, tip of the cap to Yuri Kulik today. This was yes. an incredibly challenging tournament for Czechia. They entered it with a veteran like Yuri as their leader. It's his third tournament. They lost in overtime in the gold medal game last year to Canada. Mm -hmm. They exacted their revenge this year in the quarters against Canada. They lost a tough one in the semis. They're in a position where they're going for bronze. They fall behind 2-0 today to the Finns. Yuri opens the scoring for them. And then, Marty, as this game wildly unfolded, they found themselves down 5-2. They were down 5-3 in the third when Yuri scored to get them close. And they ended up scoring, the Czechs did, four times in 50 seconds in the second-to-last minute of the game. Yeah. And they went from a 5-4 deficit to an 8-5 win, which included two empty netters. And Yuri Kulik is the player of the game. And I believe, unofficially as it stands right now, is tied for the tournament lead in goals and tied for the tournament lead in points. What a, what a way to cap out his world junior career. I, I remember when we talked to Chris Baker uh, before Sabres game last week, I believe that was a Columbus game. Um, he'd mentioned that for Yuri Kulik, it wasn't a hockey development tournament. It was a maturity and leadership development tournament. So we knew he was going to perform well. And if he didn't, then it's like no big deal. Like, you, you know, your third world juniors, you're an, a professional hockey player now playing in the American League. You've had NHL games. So um, it's about your leadership. It's about stepping up when your team needs you to step up. And throughout the whole tournament, I think that when Czechia needed a goal, when Czechia needed something, it was Yuri Kulik. It mm -hmm. was Kulik down 2 nothing today. It was Kulik down 5-3 to make it 5-4. It's Kulik on the tying goal with the goalie pull that takes the shot, rebound, goes in the net. Yeah. It was Yuri Kulik every time Czechia needed something. That's leadership. That's give me the ball, right? Like the old, uh, you know, the movie, The Replacement, Keanu Reeves is talking to Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman says, winner, want the ball. So he says, give me the ball. You're cool because like, give me the puck. I am a winner. I'm going to make something happen here. Mm -hmm. Now, is he better than most of the players at the tournament? Yes. Is he more experienced than some of the, the players at the tournament? Yes. But you still have to perform. You still yeah. have to produce when you're asked to. And he's mm -hmm. saying, give me the ball, give me the puck, and I'm going to get it done. Yeah, he ends up with four points. He's in on half of their goals today. Uh, ends up with six, six, and 12 for the tournament. And that's on the heels of incredibly productive two previous tournaments at this level. So it all trends in the right direction for Yuri. And obviously, he'll be back with the Amherst soon enough. Uh, perhaps as early, I would assume, as next weekend when yeah. they are taking it outdoors in Charlotte for the Queen City Classic. So wouldn't that be a fun way to get back into the AHL? They, of course, have an indoor game in Charlotte on Friday, do the Amherst before they play outdoors on Saturday. But Rochester tonight uh, is uh, home. They're taking on the best team in the division in Cleveland. We'll touch more on that later. We've got Shana Goldman coming up, our Friday staple here on Sabres Live. And, of course, it's all on the heels of... Uh, Another pretty big night. Um, I shouldn't say another. Well, you can say another, but just 
not like in consecutive games, right? Like the Sabres have yeah. had <laughs> many offensive games where we talk about Middlestad having a multi-point night, Darlene having a multi-point night. Last night, it was nine points from the Skinner-Thompson-Tuck line. Mm-hmm. The challenge is doing it in consecutive games here. So we'll see how often that becomes the reality in 2024. But what is the biggest takeaway from last night? If we can just focus where we should singularly right now on the one game that just happened. I'm going to say power play was the biggest focus for me. They get two goals, right? Okay. First of all, let's all remember that there was a Canadian's goal that was waved off. The Canadians had taken a one nothing lead on the old Armia's goal. Michael Pezzetta made a little contact with Devin Levi. Now, in my goalie view of it, like I think Devin still had time to be able to to adjust to the shot, but the contact was made inside the crease by the rule. It is a no goal. It's absolutely called the right way. But I hate when people always say, oh, we get all the wrong calls in Buffalo and they go to Toronto. Toronto hates Buffalo. Let's not forget the calls that go your way. This would have been a one nothing game by the Montreal Canadiens. And I mean, we all know about the first period troubles, the, you know, getting down by giving up the first goal type of trouble. This was not in the first, it was in the second. But still, I'm looking at this as, hey, that's a call that went the Sabres way. You need those to win games sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a call that went your way. Then you drew penalties in the second period. Three of them, in fact, in the second period alone. You went two for three on the power play in the second period. And you executed what your coaching staff basically laid out for you. Coaching staff said, hey, Montreal is a team that puts a lot of pressure up high in the zone. And they often only have one man back in front of the net. We have to attack down low. And... You know, it was it was Skinner to Middlestat on the first one. It was stuck to Skinner on the second one. Well executed. You know, you move the box around, you attack down low, and you finally score. Now, I did a little digging this morning, Duffer. Sabres have scored 16 power play goals this year, which is not a lot. Don't get me wrong. Should be at least 10 more. It should be 26 to 30 right now uh, and maybe more. But they've scored 16 power play goals this year. Only three of the 16 came from a down low play, like we saw twice last night. Mm-hmm. The other one was Jeff Skinner against the Montreal Canadiens in Buffalo earlier this year. We walked the line and went top cheddar on the short side of Jake Allen. So I'm like, okay, is this a trend? Are we going to see the Sabres being able to use the down low as an option? Or was it just that Montreal is terrible down low? Mm-hmm. I still want the Sabres to use the down low because they seem to get more that way, in my opinion, but only three goals that way this year and all three against the Canadians. So maybe it's more about the Canadians' deficiencies that way. Well, sure. I mean, they're bottom three in the league in penalty kill, uh, but that was an area that Buffalo could not exploit against Ottawa, who has promptly turned around and had two crappy games on their (laughs) Western road trip. So, I mean, you know, that's it's all part of the frustration of you know, the ups and downs of this season and the yeah. lack of a linear upward ticking line, uh, you know, to get them back to where they want to be. Do you know who leads the team in power play goals? At this moment, I am going to say Casey Millstadt. No, it's Jeff Skinner by Jeff a Skinner, lot. Okay. And the only reason that is significant. By a lot? Yes, by a lot. Oh, and you know what? I, I has, looked at all 16 six of them. Of I the, should know. He has six of the 16. Yes. And, and, he, and Jeff, over the course of his career, 
has been one of the game's most consistent, even strength goal scorers and has not relied on power play goals annually to boost his numbers to where he stands. And so, yeah, it's interesting even more so to me because of how you have broken down moments where the power play hasn't worked, you know, where you don't necessarily want Jeff being the one-timer guy. So yeah, no. I, I, I find it interesting that, and, and maybe it dovetails more into the bigger conversation of because last night was what it was for Thompson, for Skinner and Tuck, can that trio become dominating once again, like they were last year? I realize this is an incredibly small window to focus on and it's in an arena where historically those players have played very well. But can this game be a launching pad for the line? And I mean that then, obviously, at even strength and leading to power play success, well, presumably for Thompson. I would hope so. And we've talked about how last year the power play bred confidence into the five-on-five five play. When that line was good on the power play, it kind of generated chances five-on-five. Five. They felt the game. They were buzzing. And this year, the power play's done the opposite. It's kind of hold them back. Right. So um, I, I think it's, it's, it's important to point out that it's not often that a whole line is on the power play together, right? Mm-hmm. Usually you pick pieces from your top guys, maybe your top two lines, you put them together. This line here, Thompson, Tuck, Skinner are on the power play together. And when they have success on the power play, it helps their five on five game. And when they have success five on five, that, that cycle keeps going because then the power play gets going. It's, it's all, for me, it's all important to have consistency in your game, but Mm -hmm. I do believe it's easier to get you, your confidence started with the power play, which is what they did last night, which is important. And, and got to point out too, that, you know, Alex Tuck, you know, Don Granado said after the game, he was gutting it out and he was mm-hmm. low energy. So, um, you know, not everybody, it's it's like everybody else. Uh, some some people have a little sickness, little, you know, little things going on and feels like by what Don was saying that, you know, and Alex Tuck did not partake in the morning skate yesterday that mm-hmm. uh, maybe he was, you know, ailing and gutted it out. And he was a big part of, uh, of that line success too. Yeah, it's okay. Levi made up for his time on ISA. In the absence of his mornings, <laughs> Tuck's yes. morning skate, Devin just stayed out there and out there, which is no surprise because it's all part of his preparation. And you could have almost guaranteed that that was going to happen based on how much he was, you know, wanting to be as ready as humanly possible for that experience last night, which was his first ever game in Montreal. Um, I guess quickly along the lines of Skinner Thompson Tuck. Do you see one of those three eventually emerging as the scoring leader on this team, surpassing Casey Middlestat? Or do you think Middlestat, who did have a multi-point game last night as well, is actually trending the way where he emerges as a leader? And this will tie in with a further discussion on Middlestat that we have with Shayna at the bottom of the hour. Uh, no, listen, I don't think Casey, when it's all said and done, would be your leading scorer. I, I actually don't even see him being in the top three. And that's not that Casey can't keep it up. Mm-hmm. I think that Skinner with Tuck and Thompson and having the depth of Jack Quinn now with Casey, uh, with uh, Dylan Cousins and JJ Paterka, and then Casey playing with Benson Greenway uh, is, is going to help Thompson talk Skinner continue to maybe get some favorable matchup, especially at home because you have a top nine now. And so I would anticipate um, probably all three. I mean, it's a little, it's nine points for Thompson to catch 
Casey Middlestad, but I would think that all three, Skinner, Tuck Thompson, would finish the season ahead of Casey Middlestad uh, when it's all said and done. You still have more than half the season left. So I think I, I could see Casey being fifth, maybe fourth yeah. or fifth. I think Dallin can pass him. So that's where I see Casey Middlestad finishing at the end of the year. My guess is the only one that uh, Middlestad cares about beating in quotations, is Rasmus Dahlin because they are so close. And if Casey <laughs> wins that battle, it'll feel like a one season and he would graciously uh, step back and watch Skinner, Thompson, and Tuck all overtake him while maintaining his current pace because that undoubtedly would elevate Buffalo's goals per game from 2.9 easily into the 3.4 range, which I think is where they have to get to consistently over the final 40-plus games. Now, Middlestad is leading Skinner and Darlene by a couple of points right now. Tuck, Paterka, Thompson, Cousins in that order are behind. And we talked last night about how it's been frustrating for JJ, which is five assists in the last 10. It's been frustrating for Dylan, just a couple of assists in the last six. But they're getting the results from Jack Quinn, so we'll move on from that. But I want I just every- quickly duffer because you yes. mentioned Darlene. Mm-hmm. And I I, I want to say it again because you said it and it kind of we went and talked and talked about Le- a few other leads things. Leads the NHL in goals leads by defensemen. Leads the NHL in goals by defensemen with eleven. Quinn Hughes is at ten, and then you have uh Harley at nine. I'm like, wow, Evan Bouchard at nine, Jake Wallman at nine, Kel McCarr at eight. So I'm like Rasmus Dali leads the NHL in goals by a defenseman with 11. That cannot be understated right now. No, but what I really want people to focus on is the fact that we, when I say we, I mean me, made a huge, huge statistical error last night in our post game. Now, it was all laid out with best intentions, of course, because we're all very aware of Jeff Skinner's success against Montreal as a member of the Buffalo Sabres. But somehow I put one too many filters into my search on NHL.com when we created the graphic of all-time goal-scoring leaders for the Sabres against Buffalo. And we, me, I, failed to acknowledge many non-Francophone type names in Sabres history, like (laughs) Andrew Chuck. Felino and Bannock somehow were omitted off of this graphic. And maybe it was my love for Gilbert Perrault that simply, you know, anointed him number one in every category. But the list as it properly stands now, all-time goals against Montreal. Andrew Chuck, miles ahead with 39. Of course, he played 9 million games. Perrault, Felino, Rick Martin, Thomas Bannock, Pat LaFontaine, who did 16 goals in 21 games. But that is paling in comparison to Jeff Skinner, who is at 15 goals in 16 lifetime games against Montreal as a Sabre. You know me. These are things I love to latch onto when you can count on a player in a critical matchup, like you could always count on Ryan Miller seemingly against Toronto and Craig Anderson against Toronto. Uh, I love the Skinner and Montreal story. Okay, well, how about this one? And I know it's a smaller sample. Skinner's only played six games in Montreal with the Buffalo Sabres. But he has nine goals in those six games at the Bell Center with the Buffalo Sabres. Huh? How many many points in those games? 
16 points in six games in Montreal at the Bell Center with yeah. the Buffalo Sabres. Like that's yeah. he said that's two better. Like I know, I know I that Gilbert. <laughs> Gilbert is 43 and 42. Dave yeah. Anderchuk is 30 and 40. Um, you know, Rick Martin has 26 and 19. That's pretty good. Pat Lafontaine, 22 and 11. Uh, that's good, but 16 and 6. That's not even close to anybody. That's by far the best point per game average in Montreal as a Sabre. Well, that's all fun. And I love the fact that, you know, Skinner, you can count on him. But again, it's more big picture here. It's okay. Jeff is in a good place. um, And I think he'll continue to benefit from Tuck gritting it out. And obviously Thompson, as you talked about last night, filling a lot. You know, you know, he's in a good place. Because he smiled when Tage Thompson got his goal instead of him scoring. Hundred yeah, percent. <laughs> so that's yeah. being in a good place when you're happy for your your center, your teammate that was sitting at ten goals and now is at twelve, but was sitting at ten, and you're like, I want him to score. I want him to get going. So if he took a goal away from me, I'm still happy for him. That's how Jeff is in a good place. Yeah, and so too is Devin Levi after a win yeah. last night. So the real question, a big question. Now, given that the road trip continues short one in Pittsburgh on Saturday, is it Levi's game in your opinion? Yes. And full disclosure, I thought, oh, they're probably going to go with Lukanen in Montreal. But I get the whole, like, it's his first trip in the Bell Center in Montreal. And Levi is going to play that one. And he performed well. But again, I go back to, okay, you, you have two young goalies right now. And I think their mind was kind of at the start of the season. Let's see what Levi has. And I would still have that same mindset right now. Let's see what Levi has. He played Ottawa. Wasn't a great game for the team in Ottawa. So let's not put that on Devin Levi. Comes back with a really good game against, you know, the Montreal Canadiens. Let's keep going. Let's see if he can put two out of three together and have consecutive wins. And, And let's see if that happens. So, yeah, I would go back with Devin Levi in Pittsburgh tomorrow. Levi has not faced Pittsburgh in his career. Lukanen has faced them three times. He's gone one and two. His numbers are actually very good against the Penguins. Um, and obviously on the heels of the Pittsburgh game, you're going to have a six-game homestand, which, by the way, is going to open up presumably against the hottest team in the NHL, which is the Seattle Kraken, who set a franchise record last night, running their point streak to 10 straight games of which Joey Decord has gone seven Oh and two over that time. We know Buffalo's never beaten Seattle. We don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here, but the homestand does have Seattle, Ottawa, Vancouver, Vancouver seemingly only can't beat St. Louis these days, San Jose, Chicago, and Tampa. And that will round things out of note, Marty. I noticed this and I don't know if I care to research it. My research usually ends up in failure, but if you look at the last five games of that homestand, Five different start times. I'm not sure if I've ever recognized that in a homestand before. (laughs) So you've got a 7, a 4, a 1, a 7.30, and a 12.30 as far as start times in the five of the last six. And the 7.30, the Wednesday night, is because it is not our game uh, against the Chicago Blackhawks. So that's usually why it's a different start time. But yeah, I I don't think that... uh, 
I would do the research on that all time uh, starting time difference in the five game span, but that's an odd uh, look. But also, Shana would love it. She loves staggering start times. So it's different start time. Be on be on your toes. Like so many times, I hate that with my kid when he has different start times. Sometimes on Friday it's eight. Sometimes it's six. Sometimes it's seven. I turn it on. I'm like, oh man, I missed the first period. It was the seven o'clock and not eight. Like I'm just, I hate different start times, but. Keep yourself on your toes. Be be aware. Yes, exactly. Um, by the way, you were wrong about the Chicago game. It is on MSG. It is. See? Yes, it's also on TNT, but it's also one of ours uh, that we do side by side. So okay, so that's why the seven thirty to watch us. Yes. yes, that's why the seven thirty start because TNT dictates the start of the game, yeah. but we get it on MSG. Yes, we do. Thank you for correcting uh, me. Uh, not. On Monday, when our no, actually not on Tuesday when our next show is right now, so people don't go out all weekend saying bad things. They're kind of inclined to do that anyway. There's nothing we can say to prevent them from from doing that. Um, I just want them to go out in the world and say, "Hey, we got a break yesterday. We got a good call by the NHL go against us because." It seems like every fan base only remembers the bad calls. And there's been some good calls go against the Sabres, the Bills, Buffalo sports over the years. There has been. Mm -hmm. Road teams, they won 10 of 13 last night on the heels of winning 8 of 13 earlier this week on a busy night. So look out. On the heels of the uh, PWHL winning 3 out of 3 as the road teams, New York, Montreal, and Minnesota all won on the road in their first uh, three games. It could be a huge problem for sports, right? If the home team eventually loses all the time. Because the adage is, if you're going to suck, suck on the road, right? Like you have to play well in front of your home fans. That's why people are coming to the building. But if pro sports goes on its ear and no one can win at home, what what kind of financial impact is that going to cause? I, I understand what you're saying, but I would love it so that the league now has to find a way to add a little home ice advantage like I want to. Put the benches across oh, the yeah. ice from each other and put the penalty box next to the home bench like it mm-hmm. used to be so that when you get out of the penalty box, you come right to the bench. But the away team has that, hey, you stay on the ice, you don't, whatever. Um, and I, I think it's just a simple thing. But if they were forced to make changes, maybe they'd look at it. All right. Quick break. By the way, um, you want to guess who's starting in goal for the Amherst tonight? Uh, I am going to say Eric Comrie. Eric Comrie. Yes, you had a one in three chance of getting it right. And uh, that is the story that starts to unfold this evening, which is the Amherst's first game of 2024. They're in a home-and-home set with Cleveland, top team in the division, just humming right along are the Monsters right now with incredibly balanced scoring and very good goaltending from Jet Greaves. It's the Amherst and Monsters at Blue Cross Arena tonight. You can get tickets at amherst.com slash tickets if you are staying home and have access to AHL TV. I'll be uh, doing color with Don Stevens tonight. Looking forward to it as uh, the Amherst will try to make it back-to-back wins. And obviously... They will then be taking it outdoors next week as they will be in Charlotte. Lots of NHL stories to get to. Shayna Goldman from The Athletic is next on Sabres Live. T 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.